Bank Talk features thought leadership interviews with community financial institution executives on relevant banking topics. If you are that CEO or would like to be an executive one day, this is the podcast for you. Learn something new in each episode to improve the performance at your financial institution. And now, here's our host, Charlie Kelly. Hi, and welcome to Bank Talk. I'm Charlie Kelly, your host and partner at Remedy Consulting. And today we are talking about performance analytics. We're going to touch on some pretty interesting topics here. We're going to touch a little bit on artificial intelligence, AI. And really, we're going to kind of spend some time around what is important. You know, what should you be tracking to? What what data should you have? What data do you wish you had? And we've got Sapreet Singh, who is a president of Finlitica. And he's got some some decent insights on just how banks are thinking about data and maybe how they should be. So without further ado, let's get to Bank Talk. Okay, welcome back to Bank Talk. Today I have with me Sapreet Singh, uh, who's the president of Finlitica. And Sapreet, you, first of all, thank you for joining us. Thanks, Charlie. Thanks for having me on. You and I talked about this, you know, I, we generally will do a prep session. You and I prepped it a little bit. And I wanted to really cover a couple topics. I wanted to get into this concept of where bankers can find their own data and then maybe overlay that a little bit with artificial intelligence and how it might help bankers at least just figure out what they should be trying for. So I, I thought we'd mm-hmm. start with artificial intelligence. And, you know, in, in my opinion, Artificial intelligence is a bit of an overused concept. Well, it's a it's a term that's overused. So I, I just maybe let me start by asking: How do you think of artificial intelligence as it relates to community banking? Sure, and, and let me start by saying yes, this is the right time to apply AI, but uh, in community banks because it's scaled and cost effective to do so. AI takes many forms. At its best, data advanced data analysis working behind the scenes to make you productive or safer or profitable. That's how I like to define it. And AI is basically looking at uh, thousands of data points at the same time to find patterns that a human would miss. And that's really, you know, the the core essence of it. And a good example I like to use is is that of the driver assist in a car, right? No one thinks of that as an AI. People think of AI as automatic driving. But, you know, even the driver assist feature, right, it's a collection of work threads. You can change lanes automatically, you can start and stop and so on. And it's hiding those complexities from you, just making your life easier. And that's really what AI should, good AI should do. If you look at common types of AI, there's, uh, you know, just, just to kind of the different buckets and types that you would see, uh, there's model scoring, there's categorizing, there's recommendation engines, and there's text mining. And between these categories, you basically have, you know, what's possible with AI covered. To relate that to to a bank, what are banks doing with this? You know, identifying customers at risk of default, scoring loans, which, you know, uh, over and beyond uh, the standard measures, scoring customers for risk of attrition, segmenting and bucketing clusters of customers that show identical behavior, maybe scoring defaults uh, for loan risk so you can uh, better focus collection. 
Then, of course, there's the chatbots on the, on the digital portals. There's customer tone and sentiment you can detect from emails and texts and so on. And then, of course, uh, recommendations like cross-sell upsell. So these are these are the kind of things. Some of these could be done earlier. AI just makes it faster, more repeatable. Okay. No, that's great. And I, I would argue that some of the things that we hear out of our customers is not even the level of AI, I, you know, I, I would argue they might step it back a notch and say, I'm not at AI. I'm at, I can't find my own data. So yeah. I'd like to spend just a couple minutes around, around that piece as well, because, you know, as, as you know, there's multiple places for the, for customer data to exist. I'll use a couple of examples. Your bill payment data, mm-hmm. information you have on how your customers are paying their bills is mm-hmm. generally in a different place than transaction data that might have coming out of your teller line and generally in a different place than where you might get your card data from, you know, how they're spending on their on their debit card. So yep. I, I guess what I would ask you is, is you know, help us understand where, uh, just uh, how are customers thinking, you know, how, how are banks thinking about that out there? And, and is there a good way to solve for that? It's obviously very important and it's constant challenge that we hear about. So, you know, the very first thing we tell people is begin with the end in mind, right? What are you trying to look for? What, what are the use cases that you're, or business outcomes that you are targeting? And then work backwards and see what data is needed. That's number one. Number two is in terms of, yes, there is, there is the need to integrate the different data sources that you, some of which you mentioned, right? The uh, bill payment, the, you know, of course, the core, loan origination, card payment, so on. And that's where, you know, a data analytics partner can help as well. Bringing someone in-house who understands what is needed for specific, you know, use cases, is able to pull the data from where it is required, build those integrated views that you can then get and use. And that's that's the approach to take. First, begin with the end in mind. Begin with what what are you trying to achieve? And then leverage the best resources to get to that outcome. Obviously, Think of it as an iterative process, right? So solve for specific business problems, get those early wins, and then keep adding to it. That's great. And I guess I would probably say that that's an intuitive approach. And and as I think of, you know, a lot of times as I'm talking to a CEO, they get hung up on how much data is there and where to find it. Honestly, they seem to be hung up in the details rather than Mm -hmm. that approach of, you know, if a data partner of yours has been through this with multiple customers, thought mm-hmm. through it a lot, right? Had to, had the mm-hmm. question asked various ways. Not only can they, yep. not only if you have a question in mind, can they probably expound on that, but they, they right. should in theory be able to take away some of the detail for you. In other words, they should be able to say, okay, from the core, I'll go figure out what your core can provide. me. I'll go figure out what your cards mm-hmm. provider can provide me. And mm-hmm. I'll come back to you with whether that's real time, whether that file that we get at the end of the day, you know, we'll come back and say, here's, you know, here's sort of frequency and what we've been able to obtain. And then, you know, we can tell you which part of that problem we can solve on your behalf. Or if we have to call That's exactly right. Right, yeah. right. And then, you know, there'll always be situations where perhaps you just don't have the kind of data that's needed for something you're looking to do. But once you have this uh, platform, this infrastructure in place, we start capturing that data and then, you know, a year from now, you do have more richer insights. But there's definitely enough data everyone has to accomplish what they're looking for. Yeah, that's great. 
All right, so I want to I want to work downstream just a little bit and hit a couple of details. We were talking mm-hmm. about specific use cases, and I think of a yep. use case. So I'm going to throw a use case at you, and um, mm-hmm. let's let's see if we can kind of talk through what you're hearing or what you're you know from an AI perspective or just from a data perspective, what customers sure. are looking for. So you know, if I think about risk fraud, you know, if I just take a couple of categories, mm-hmm. let's take the first one being risk fraud. Yeah. What is going on in risk fraud that AI can help you? What questions are being asked by customers that they can't get yeah. at today that might be, you know, AI may help them with? You know, I'll take a broader take on this in terms of uh, not just AI, but data in general, right? Data-driven approach. I think a very common one is risk segments for uh, check holds, third-party payment systems, as opposed to having a single uniform, say, a check hold limit across your customer base. Perhaps you want to risk segment that and be able to set the check hold limits appropriately. It could be, uh, you know, identifying fraud by detecting hidden relationships between customers that may appear at surface, different addresses, phone numbers, so on, but but are related once, you know, once we uncover, once we look for those insights. And certainly data-driven approaches make for better loss forecasting, better reserve allocation, you know, advanced use cases like detecting fraud in transactions and digital or card. Yeah, no, those are great examples. And, and I'll tell you a little bit of a personal story here. At one point, I, I left a bank. In other words, I had a bank relationship, still have a bank relationship that has gone on for years, 30 years. So a lot of years, right? And, and uh, at one point, right, I could, so they're a larger, larger bank. And something really frustrated me as a customer, right? They put a hold on a check. Now, you don't do as many checks anymore, but they put sure. a hold on a check that, you know, not only could be covered by the funds in the account, but I'd been a 30-year customer, right? And, you know, to the best of right. my knowledge, never kited a check on them in the 30 years I was with them. And there was no intelligence there to separate me from somebody who might have started an account the day before. Yeah. yeah. And, it, yeah. and it, you know, as a customer, I got so frustrated with that, the the thought behind it that, that you know, I don't know how they value my relationship, right. but it must not be that much if... They can't figure exactly. out the fact that, you know, my check limit might be the same as my daughter's, right? Or something like that. That's right. just that's started an account, you know, six months ago. That's exactly right. Mm-hmm. And and I could talk yeah. to people at the institution and I couldn't get their heads around the, well, they'd say, oh, yeah, I, I see what you mean. But they couldn't do anything about it because it wasn't at their level. And right? it was it was some mm-hmm. some level up somewhere that they didn't understand it within their operation. So I think as you look at, mm-hmm. as you look at you know, the CEO or the C-suite, and how they want to strategize around it, right? They need to be making some executive decisions on, or, or at least, you know, again, maybe have the data to, to be able to sit down and go, we got to be doing this better. Right. right. And uh, you've touched on a great point, right? This is not just a risk issue because it's you're managing risk, but at the same time, it's vastly improving customer experience. Protecting the relationship, right? So, yeah, exactly. Good, good insights, Sapreet. Let's talk a little bit about performance because I, you know, I'm going to grab another category. We talked risk fraud. Give me mm-hmm. some thoughts on how AI might help you improve performance at a bank, a branch, uh, uh, you know, a loan, a loan uh, shop. Uh, you know, however you think about that. Yeah, the things that I'm talking about, the best of breed, and and you know, the more the larger banks would be doing, and uh, you know, I think certainly the community banks should be doing this as well, is basically, you know, measuring, let's look at branch performance, you know, by, it's either by account growth, it's growth in products per customer, right? What's your product penetration? Look at profitability. What's what's the customer the revenue contribution of each relationship? 
roll up to whether you roll it up to a product, you roll it up to a customer, roll up to a branch. Uh, what are the loss rates that you're seeing and the fraud rates by branch? And what's the digital adoption, right? Can you measure those? And then look at trends of all these. That's really what gives you the insights to be able to provide the guidance and the mentoring to your staff so they know what KPIs and metrics they are looking to improve and align with, with those goals. I think it's important for the bank, the C-suite to have a strategy around what are they trying to accomplish. And you said something important earlier yeah. in the podcast, which was as your data provider, if you can give me the questions you need answered, mm-hmm. I can probably find the way to answer them. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I would argue that if the bank has a strategy around, I'm guessing most community banks, at least from conversations I've had with them, have some type of a, a dashboard with you know some data behind it that allows them to do mm-hmm. some of the things that we're talking about. But mm-hmm. I think where it starts to become important from a strategy perspective is if they can come to their data provider and say, here's some things I got to do beyond what my dashboard can do today. Here's some things I need to understand beyond what my dashboards can do today. Uh, Mm -hmm. To me, that's Mm -hmm. the start of the conversation, isn't it? It it certainly is. I mean, it's like, what are the goals? What are you trying to improve and grow, right? Of course, everyone wants to grow. But, you know, if you break that down, how do you want to achieve that growth? And uh, yes, then then align the to improve. You first have to measure, right? Are you able to measure and see those quantifiable changes happening, so that you can? Uh, and to your point about the existing dashboards, a lot of times what we find is yes, there are dashboards, but sometimes they're based on stale data. Interesting. Yeah, because you know by the time data is pulled together, I mean everybody's got priorities. You know, uh, you know a dashboard is created, perhaps the data is already a little stale. And so having dashboards on demand, except especially for the C-suite to be able to see, to understand performance up to date is, is important. And I think that's, that's what data analytics can help drive. No, it's great. That's, that's, that's really important. Again, after having spoken to a few folks that are in the operational suite, right, in general, I would argue that some of them feel like they can get some things done with their dashboard. They're getting they're getting some base items accomplished with their dashboards, but I would mm-hmm. I would argue that just about every one of them, bar none, is always more interested in more than they have. Right? There's always more there. Yes. <laughs> they're like, if I could get to this, <laughs> if I get to this item, right, I would be whole. No, they're never whole. If right. I could get to this item, I feel like I would, you know, really be accomplishing something. And generally, it's the only reason they bring it up is because it's something they can't get to today. And those things evolve, right, and grow. And I mean, there's always changes and it's a dynamic marketplace, right? So things uh, things evolve, interest rates change, and, you know, what you are looking from the data changes as well. So having that good foundation definitely helps, you know, helps the growth. Questions we get often are, okay, if I go down this path of finding a data partner, right, does that yep. mean I need a data analyst or a data analytics team when it's all said and done? You know, or can I accomplish mm-hmm. that cheaper, right? I mean, it's always, you know, they, they say, hey, can I accomplish this with a with an internal person rather than somebody whose job is only data analytics, meaning I don't want to hire another new body. How do you think about the way a community bank should approach that? Uh, they seem to be afraid ahead of time. I don't know that it's always mm-hmm. it's always accurate. So give me your thoughts on that, would you? 
Yeah. So, you know, the first thing that we, we say is sometimes there is an economy of scale that a data partner has because they are doing this across multiple institutions. Uh, you know, they have combined learning from different places that they can bring to bear. They already understand, given a problem, what is needed, and there's no learning curve there. And so, in a way, it's more cost efficient to, to do that. Now, you certainly want to have analysts on staff or a banker who's, you know, also doubling as an analyst because they understand where the data is sitting in, in the systems, where they understand the workflows of the bank. And obviously, that needs to be communicated to an external partner. I think is data science engineering resources, there's, there's a huge talent war for them out there. And it's hard to maintain and scale a team and retain it. And so while you can certainly have someone on staff who, you know, is there to handle, say, ad hoc requests and work on, you know, on urgent issues and, you know, the last minute things, having the core foundational uh, data partnership will help you achieve the strategic goals that you're looking for. So that's a good place to start. And then you can, as your needs grow, you can always add to the team. And and something you'll also find is as the institution becomes more data-driven, there certainly will be frontline staff or other employees in the bank who are excited by data, who do take on extra responsibilities. And given that the foundation exists, are able to leverage that and, and become data champions. Somewhere buried in your response there, I think, was conceptually to try to hire a, you know, a chief data officer. That's a pricey deal. If if you have a, mm-hmm. you know, if you start by outsourcing it a little bit, and then eventually, you know, if you need to build part of your team internally, that's fine. But uh, somebody who's solved the problem at other places, uh, not only is that an expensive resource, but you might, you, you might be able to get away with this by using a partner for a while. And then determine, determine, you know, at least until you get into the data, you determine if it's profitable for you to be digging in your own data, those types of things. And then that, homegrown after that might not be the worst answer in the world, right? That, that's right. That's right. Yes, absolutely. And then, you know, as we know, I mean, in the institution, there's always fires to fight and there's always things that take priority, right? So having this partnership uh, certainly helps you keep that push going to get the insights from the data. Right. No, good, good, good perspective. Okay. Last question. Let's talk about conversation you might have had with outside directors or, or just bank directors as compared to the C-suite. Are they looking for something different? You know, we talked a little bit already about what CEO is looking for generally, but, you know, yeah. maybe hit on what, you know, is the CEO looking for something different than the directors might be looking for? And is it important to engage them as you're having these conversations on what to do with your data strategy? Yeah, and we've touched on many things. The CEO, you know, there may be specific things they're trying to grow, specific products and so on. But if you look at it from the executive level, the director level, they want to see, okay, what's the portfolio look like? What are the risk areas? What's the trend? What's growing? What's shrinking? What are the customer segments that are growing or shrinking? Who are the most profitable? What's, what does branch, banker performance, and even customer profitability look like? And look at those trends, right? So are we, uh, so that you can create a long-term strategic plan and say, this is what we're targeting in in terms of growth and uh, and performance, and this is how we're measuring it. And directors look at that, and we've talked to many who see this as when they see this, they see okay, if it's data-driven institution, you know, there's tighter controls, there's uh, lower risk, and it's a more nimble institution that is 
you know, points for growth. And mm-hmm. and I also like to point out that this is a very effective succession planning strategy as well. And the reason I say that is, you know, we all talk about, you know, how there is so much churn in the market today. Banks are casting a wider net to hire people and bringing on board, uh, you know, people new to banking. Be- making your institution data-driven makes it easy to ramp these new folks up because, you know, they have KPIs and metrics and uh, data points that are tracked over time, and it's easier for them to measure measure the performance and grow the institution. Yeah, and you're talking about, well, at least a little bit about folks coming in from outside the banking space to have those KPIs. At least they know what the goals are, right? That's right. You're, they'll know your CEO's goals because they'll know, you know, and again, I'll I'll pretend he's standing in front of his screen while reading his dashboard all day long, which that's not his job. But uh, <laughs> if it was, right, at least at least your underlings could sit down and go, why does the boss keep looking at our growth number, right? Or, why, or, you know, what's going on over there with the risk in our loan portfolio? If those exactly. are important to him, exactly. they better be important to me. And, and you know, uh, honestly, that's a good way to educate the team yeah, yeah. inadvertently, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. I'll example, right? Okay, I'm, I'm a branch manager. Okay, I'm going to be measured by, and, you know, I'm, the, the CEO is watching uh, what's the product penetration per customer and per household, right? So what am I doing to improve that? How many new primary relationships did I bring in? Deposit relationships? Are these? How, what's the profitability curve look like? So yes, makes it makes it easy to measure and track performance on all these. Okay, thank you. So I said that was the last question. I have another one for you. When a customer comes to you, are they because there's so many elements here, right? I mean, everything from risk to growth to profitability per customer, profitability of your branch. You know, are they are they coming to you bumbling around? You know, mumbling about all the problems they have. Is it you know is is your recommendation to take these one at a time? Meaning, start small, ask the right questions, and and based on those questions, if your data provider can give you responses and answers, then get comfortable and move on to the next question. How are customers approaching you? Are they are they scared and you know are they trying to boil the ocean? As the old saying goes. Or are they a little more directed? Right. I, I think there's a bit of both. And, uh, you know, in, in a sense, there are some institutions that say, look, we understand we need to be more data-driven. You know, data is kind of hampering us. And so we need to build a platform, right? We need to have this platform to tackle multiple items. And there are others, of course, who have a specific problem. But regardless of the two scenarios, right, I think it's we always recommend exactly what you said, which is start small. Begin with one one area and see the results, you know, and, and, and then repeat. Definitely makes for a successful uh, partnership and engagement, you, especially if you're bringing in someone from outside. Yeah, that's helpful. Because, you know, like we were talking about earlier on, the complexity of the data is sitting there somewhere. And, you know, mm-hmm. honestly, starting small allows you to go find a data element or, or several from multiple locations and, and, you know, try to solve for can we get the data? Can we get it into a place where we can, you know, build that use case? Can we, right? I mean, yeah. you're solving a lot of problems and you're learning a lot about each other that mm-hmm. will help you mm-hmm. the next time you want to solve, right? The, with the next question you have, it becomes a lot easier for both parties. Not only, you know, the CEO to ask the question, but the, the data provider to know where the sort the data sources are and whether they can take that, them. That's, 
That that is correct. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, Sabrina, this has been this has been excellent. I I certainly appreciate your time. Is there anything we didn't uh, cover? Anything else that we are, we are we pretty good, or is there were there other things that I, I forgot to ask you? <laughs> I think there's always so much more we can talk about. You know, we're, we're passionate about what we do, and we'd love to come back on and maybe uh, pick another topic and uh, talk through that. Sounds great. Okay, well, thank you. I appreciate your time, and, and it's been real helpful. Thank you so much, Charlie, for having me on. Okay, one more time. I'd like to thank Sapreet Singh for joining us on Bank Talk. Uh, just great perspectives. And, and you know, if you're not thinking about your data and you feel like you should be, uh, you know, hopefully you were able to pull something out of this podcast that's useful in getting the conversation started amongst your team. I understand, of course, that everybody has a lot of priorities. And particularly as you close in on the end of the year, things get busier. But, you know, as you go through your year-end planning and your planning for the next year, keep in mind that data should be a really critical part of how you're going to run your strategy going forward. So that's it for Bank Talk. I'm Charlie Kelly, your host. Have a good day and keep on learning. Thank you for listening to the Bank Talk podcast brought to you by Remedy Consulting. If you would like to learn more about Finalytica, please go to F-I-N-L-Y-T-I-C-A dot A-I, Finalytica dot A-I for more information. Thanks again, and we will see you in the next episode.